You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mzbcstudents. All right, you know the drill. Hold up your pen. In five seconds, click it all you want. Ready? I wish I had one now. I'm like, oh, I didn't click uh, yep, a couple more seconds, ready, stop, that means stop, stop means stop, stop means stop, just like no means no, all right, um, at this point, make sure it's clicked to where you can write, so you get one last click if you were smart, one click is all it takes, from this point forward, if I hear you clicking, I'll just walk out and take your pen from you, and then you won't be able to write notes, make sense? All right, so tonight, we're talking about friendship. Ah, I thought about, like, playing a clip of SpongeBob or something. Uh, no, we're, uh, so we're talking about friendship, uh, loosely connected with the uh, game earlier. You know, you had a partner, and you guys were friends, and you had to work together, blah, 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 all that, all that stuff. Uh, that game's just hilarious to watch and, and fun. It is connected. Uh, and then you had to work, you know, with a partner, friend, all those things. Uh, but tonight, we're talking about uh, friendship, and remember we started last week, uh, a refresher for you and maybe first time for people who weren't here last week. Um, we started a series where we're looking at the life of Jesus. We'll look at some stories, some examples of the way that Jesus lived, and from that, come up with some things that we too, or some ways that we too can live the way that he did. Uh, so tonight, we're going to look at uh, three different passages, all in the book of Luke, so if you want to start turning there. We're going to look at three different passages, all dealing with how Jesus, uh, the company that he kept, the people that he hung out with um, on a regular basis, uh, and how he interacted with them, how, people re- how other people outside of those groups responded to him, and how he responded to, to that. Make sense? Okay, so if you uh, see on your notes that you went and picked up, there are the passages that we're looking at, and under each passage are three dots there. So there are three things you're going to be looking for in the passage that I'm not going to put on the screen, but we will talk about. But you have to be paying attention, okay? So under each passage, there are three things that you're looking for that you want to write down as we go, okay? Number one is who's Jesus hanging out with, right? So in each passage, who's Jesus hanging out with? I'm not saying you have to write this down, but as we go, you'll write down the name uh, or group category of whoever he's hanging out with, right? The second thing will be uh, who is complaining about it? Who's grumbling about it? Criticizing him. Because in each passage, he's criticized by somebody, right? So who's criticizing him? And then the last thing is, how did Jesus respond to that criticism? Okay? So let's, uh, let's jump in. So the first passage, Luke 5, 27 through 32. So the way we're going to go, each of these, we'll find these three things about these uh, passages uh, then we'll look at uh, some main points out of all of those uh, stories, and then we'll kind of break it down even further and just kind of keep getting uh, more narrow until we get to the point we're trying to make. Make sense? Uh, so here we go. Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. 27. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi. Now, so Jesus has been out healing a bunch of people, uh, a paralytic, uh, a leper, all kinds of stuff. He's been doing all these things. And so he walks in uh, to this area, 
and he finds this tax collector, uh, tax collector named Levi. We find out in other uh, Gospels uh, that he's also called Matthew. Um, this is the same person. Uh, the reason they're different is Levi is his Hebrew name, and Matthew is his Greek name. So he's a tax collector, and he works for people who speak Greek, right? And then he's taking taxes. He's taking money from people who speak Hebrew. So his Hebrew name is Levi. His Greek name is Matthew the same Matthew that wrote the Gospel of Matthew, right? That's who we're talking about here. So you're like, I don't remember a Levi. Who's that? Uh, anyway, so Jesus uh, went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. Uh, leaving everything, he rose and followed him. I always found this interesting. This is just a little aside. J.J. finds things interesting uh, segment, right? Um, I always find it interesting that the way Jesus called the disciples, he didn't come to them and be like, hey, look, I'm the Messiah. Be cool if you come hung out with me. If you like follow me, I'd like to teach you some stuff. That'd be cool, right? He just walked up and was like, hey, follow me. And, and Levi's just there like counting money or whatever. Uh, and Jesus walks to, up to him and says, hey, follow me. And he goes, all right. He just like drops it all and just walks away. And you're like, okay, that's cool. I'm sure there was a little more to it. But what, from what we're told, it happens like that. Jesus just walks up and says, follow me. And the disciples all like drop whatever they have in their hand. And they're like, all right. And they just leave and go with him. That's, uh, that's pretty hardcore. That's awesome, uh, in my opinion. That's what, one of the many ways that these men, the disciples, are set apart. So this guy now becomes a disciple, student, follower, right? Those are all kind of the same term there of Jesus. So he left everything. We're in verse 29. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. In case you haven't been paying attention, tax collector, so Levi, tax collectors, and then others is uh, the first dot there on your notes. Uh, so Levi gets excited enough about following Jesus and what's happening that he decides to throw a party, basically. He invites other tax collectors, there's friends, and then just this other, this category called others that, the, that Luke gives us here, all right? So they're hanging out at Levi's house eating this big old feast. And then verse 30, and the Pharisees and their, uh, and their scribes grumbled at the disciples. Pharisees and scribes, what you're right on the next thing, right? So the, uh, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, uh, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? So let me, let me do some explaining here just so we all, because we're going to see some similar characters as we go through these other stories, okay? Just in case, uh, people in here don't know what Pharisees and scribes are. I'm just going to give you like the brief, like 100 mile an hour flyover, right? Pharisees and scribes, basically the religious leaders of the day, right? These are like priests and, and that stuff. They work in the temple. They're like the religious of the religious, like know everything, think they know everything there is to know about God and how to serve him and all those kinds of things, right? Uh, and you'll see uh, as we read some of these other stories, uh, they get a bad rap, some justly, some we, we may be uh, pointing out, pointing fingers at them a little too much. Uh, but a lot of it is in their culture and the way they saw things is there was a certain way to worship God and there was a certain way that you needed to be religious, right? And it was all about your actions and how you handled yourself. And then these people who were tax collectors, who obviously anybody who takes money from you, you don't like, right? Which is kind of how it works. Um, tax collectors, and then this group that they would call sinners. And these are people who are not devout, who don't believe or don't go to the temple or any of that sort of stuff. And so these Pharisees and scribes, 
would basically turn their nose up at him like, I'm better than you, I'm more holy than you are, I'm more righteous, God loves me more than you, right? I'm putting words in their mouth, um, but that's the attitude that they give off. So they've, they've said to the disciples, right, they're not even talking to Jesus, they've said to the disciples, why are you guys eating and drinking with these sinners, right? Why are you hanging out with these people? I thought you're, you know, this is me, again, expounding on it, right? I thought your guy was like from God. Why are you hanging out with these sinners, right? God says to stay away from the world, right? Not really. Um, so they just ask him, why are you hanging out with these people? Here's the funny thing, okay? So they ask the question to the disciples. If you read it, it says, so they ask, they grumble to the disciples, and then they ask this question. But Jesus is the one that answered. So I kind of picture this, like Jesus is hanging out, talking uh, to, you know, Matthew, uh, Matthew, Levi, whatever you want to call him, uh, and these people, and he overhears these Pharisees and the scribes questioning the disciples. And so he just kind of steps over, and this is how he responds to the question. Verse 31, and Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a, of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Uh, that's a fancy uh, way of basically saying, I've come to rescue those who need rescue. Another way uh, that that has been taught, basically because the Pharisees and scribes needed rescue as well, they just didn't realize it, uh, or at least in the way that Jesus was bringing it. And so Jesus is saying, I've come to rescue the people who are willing to realize that they need to be rescued, right? It makes sense, though, if a doctor uh, is hanging around, is he going to, like, give you medicines and stuff if you're not sick? This means yes, this means no, right? Any good doctor is not going to give you medicine if you're not sick, right? That's what Jesus is saying. It's like these people are the ones who need God. These people that you're looking down on and calling sinners that you don't associate with, these are the people that you're supposed to be hanging out with, right? Um, So the way Jesus responds here is he tells the Pharisees that he has come to rescue those who need rescue. If you've not already written the answer there, that's uh, that's my canned answer there. All right, let's move to chapter 15. Chapter 15. Just a few pages over. Same book. Uh, We're just going to look at verses 1 and 2 here, um, which in any good story gives you a setting, right? That way you know where you're at, what's happening. So if you remember chapter 15 from a few weeks ago, if you were here, uh, this is the chapter of Luke where the parable of the prodigal son is, and we talked about that, there's some other uh, parables uh, here and in the chapter before, and a reminder, a parable is just, this uh, is a story, it's an illustration um, that's teaching a spiritual uh, or moral lesson, right? A religious or moral uh, lesson. So Jesus is teaching these moral lessons, and verses 1 and 2 here are going to give us uh, the setting in which he's doing this. Okay, so uh, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners, yep, that's who Jesus is hanging out with here, so that first one. So the tax collectors and sinners uh, were all drawing near to hear him, (laughs) Jesus. So they were all coming in to hear Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled. That's your next little thing to write down there. Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus responds with three parables, right? He starts uh, three long parables. He's teaching to the tax collectors, sinners, and the Pharisees and scribes who are all there. So Jesus' response to them questioning him 
is just to teach them these moral lessons. Instead of coming back at them with anything crazy or trying to call them out or any of that sort of stuff, he just turns, as any good teacher does, and he turns it into a teaching moment, right? Uh, I want to take a second, and today, meals are not that big of a deal, right? Like you run through drive through at Wendy's, get you a Baconator, right? And maybe some Baconator fries. I don't know. It sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen. Um, but uh, so you, you go through, you get that, eat it on the way to wherever you're going next, right? Food is just something we do uh, sometimes like on your birthday or something. There might be like a party and you have some cake and, and, and that kind of stuff. Love cake. It's awesome. Um, so meals are not really that big of a deal here, right? Like you get three of them a day, sometimes more if you're up until like three o'clock in the morning. You eat two or three other times, right? Fourth, fifth meal, elevensies, you know, little hobbit, little hobbit action going. Um, anyway, so meals are not that big of a deal. But in this time, and actually even today in some other countries, but uh, in this time, meals were important, right? Meals were not just walk through, walk through your favorite little walk through, right? Because they didn't have cars, so there was no drive throughs, right? Um, it's a joke. You can laugh. Um, anyway, so meals were not this little fly-by thing. Meals would take anywhere from two to four, maybe sometime more hours, right? So just like lunch, it'd sit and take like two to three hours to eat. And you're like, what are you talking about? It takes that long to eat? It only takes me like three seconds to scarf down this bacon here, right? Um, I hope not. Um, anyway, uh, so it would be more than just eating. That's the point, okay? So they would be, uh, you would sit, you would eat appetizers, you'd eat the meal, you'd have dessert, whatever. Uh, but it would be a time that you would hang out and you'd get to know one another, right? You'd, be, you'd develop friendships. You would have uh, what we would basically call a party today, which is like two hours of just hanging out and eating like snacks and stuff. That was like a meal for them, right? So you get to hang out, get to know people. Uh, you're building these relationships. You have a question? Depends on when you eat dinner. I don't know. But uh, usually, usually the uh, dinner was their longest meal. Lunch was normal. I mean, I'm, I didn't live then, so I don't know all those details. But uh, from what history tells us. All right. So the point is, is that these times were spent building relationships, right, or furthering relationships. That's why it was a big deal to these Pharisees that Jesus, the so-called Son of God, right, the Messiah Savior, is eating and drinking with sinners because he's spending hours with these people, building relationships, getting to know them, right? It's a big deal that Jesus and his disciples are hanging out with what these religious people would think are bad people, right? Now, these aren't necessarily murderers and that kind of stuff, but in the eyes of the Pharisees and the scribes, they were just bad people because they didn't do everything that God has told them to do, right? Uh, moving on, Luke 19. Move a couple more chapters over, and this will be the last story that we look at. Um, and then we'll start drawing some conclusions from these things, right? Some of you know this story. Most of you probably know this story. Uh, if not, you at least know the VBS song, right? Uh, Jesus and Zacchaeus, right? Yep. Anyway. You don't remember this? You probably would shut that out of your brain because it's a song about short people. Uh, uh, Sorry. Yeah, Donnie's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Anyway, 
So, sorry, Zacchaeus is short, but he still, he still eventually loves Jesus, and Jesus loves him. So, short people can love Jesus, too. It's all right, Donnie. Um, all right, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Let's read. Here we go, verse 1. He, Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. So, he walked in Jericho. Uh, Jericho was this, like, crazy fortified uh, former military town. And so, he, when it says he entered, he, like, walked through a gate, right? Um, and then he was just passing through the town. He was just walking through, is what he's talking about there. Uh, and he was passing through, uh, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. So Zacchaeus was not just a normal tax collector like Matthew. He was a chief tax collector. He was like boss, right? Um, anyway, boss. Verse uh, 3. Uh, and he was seeking uh, to see Jesus, uh, who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, uh, he could not because he was small of stature. So you can start saying, Donnie, I'm not short, I'm just small of stature, right? Uh, anyway, so he was, uh, where was I? There we go, small of stature, verse 4. So he, Zacchaeus, ran on ahead uh, and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, uh, for he was passing... Uh, He's about to pass that way. Um, so Jesus, at this point in his ministry, was starting to create a name for himself, right? He was the guy who was healing um, crippled people. He was healing lepers, like doing all these cr- crazy cool uh, miracles. There's another place in Scripture that tells us uh, that if someone actually tried to write down everything that Jesus did just in the three years of ministry, that the books in the world couldn't contain, like the world couldn't contain all the books, like that's how much Jesus did, right, in just three years. Uh, that's why there are, like, some stories where Jesus, like, just sleeps on the back of a boat in the middle of a storm because he, like, spent 12 hours, like, healing people all day, right? I don't know if that's actually true, but I just kind of like to think that. Anyway, um, so Jesus made a name for himself. Even this guy who's a tax collector, not a religious guy, here's Jesus is coming into town. And so I want to I see who this guy is, this guy that everybody talks about who's healing people, uh, and, and saying all these like authoritative teachings that nobody else is, is speaking that way. I want to I see what's going on. So he tries to go, but he's short. So he climbs up in this tree because he's smart. Short people are smart, right, Donnie? Um, he climbs up in this tree. Uh, sorry about picking on Donnie. Some of you others are short too, and you're just like, please don't call on me. Please don't call on me, right? Uh, <clears throat> but then you have like Jeremy over here who's like Amazon. Um, sorry, verse, uh, verse 5. So Jesus is passing uh, by that way, and when Jesus came to the place, uh, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. This is another one of those things, uh, like earlier, uh, it's just funny to me the way Jesus was, right? Jesus wasn't like, hey, Zacchaeus, can I hang out with you today? He was just like, hey, Zacchaeus, get down, I'm hanging out at your house today. Right? You ever had that friend that's just like, hey, I'm coming over, and you're like, uh, uh, okay, all right, you can come over, right? Well, Jesus would have been the guy that you like really wanted to come over, and then he was just like, hey, I'm coming over, and you're like, oh, yeah, please, come on over, right? Um, so he says, I'm coming over and hang out at your house today. Verse 6, so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. So Zacchaeus was like excited, like, Jesus is coming to my house, right? Verse 7, uh, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. So the only other characters in this story so far, there's Jesus, Zacchaeus, and then who? The The grumblers. We can refer to them as that. What? All who saw Jesus, right? The crowd. 
They're the only other people so far in this story. Um, so we can give the Pharisees and scribes a break, I guess, at this point. We don't know if they were in the crowd or not. But the crowd, these are the people, they, they're excited about Jesus coming to this town. And then all of a sudden they see Jesus stop and talk to this guy who takes all their money, right? And then Jesus goes and hangs out at that guy's house. And they're all like, why is Jesus going and hanging out with that guy who steals all my money but not talking to me, right? Like I try to live, I try to live right and try to do what Jesus wants or what God wants me to do, and then Jesus is going to go hang out with this guy, right? Again, putting words in their mouth. But they were grumbling. And this is what they said in verse 7. Um, he has gone in uh, to be the guest of a man who is a sinner, right? So again, that kind of religious, like, oh, he's a sinner. We don't want to hang out with him. Mostly it was probably because he was taking their money, and we're like, we don't want to hang out with that guy. Uh, here's the other deal. Here's, besides just taking money, taxes, and that kind of stuff. The reason tax collectors, we know this through history, and you'll find out a little more about Zacchaeus as we go in a couple of verses, right? Tax collectors uh, in this day, and I, they might today too, I don't know, uh, but tax collectors, what they would do is they would basically hike up the taxes to the people, but only give to the government what they, so let me give you an example. So like the government was only charging 2% tax on something, so every dollar you had to pay two pennies, right? Zacchaeus would say, oh, it's 4%. You owe me four pennies. The people would hand over four pennies. Zacchaeus would keep two and then give two to the government on top of the normal pay that Zacchaeus got for just being a tax collector. So he was skimming off the top, right? A lot of tax collectors were doing in that day, and a lot of people knew it, but there was nothing they could do. There was no, like, go and talk to the king or a judge or whatever, uh, tax collectors said you owe me this much and if you didn't they'd come toss your house and take it anyway right you ever watch robin hood anybody no old disney cartoon and stuff they did that in there too i love i love robin hood robin hood and brittle john and a beautiful ways oh, great stuff anyway i think that's on netflix you should watch that it's on netflix uh, the one with the fox yeah that's what i'm talking about the old disney one Anyway, so here we are, back in this uh, Zacchaeus, tax collector, tax collectors hated. These people are mad that Jesus is going to hang out with this sinner, right? Verse 8, and Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, that's Jesus, in case you didn't know, uh, Behold, Lord, uh, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I uh, defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. So Zacchaeus, spending some time with Jesus, knowing who Jesus is, comes to this point of repentance, okay? He's, he feels sorry for what he's done genuinely, not just because he sh- feels guilty or anything, but like a genuine, like, I've met Jesus, and I know what I've done is wrong. And he says, look, everything I have, half of it, I'm giving it to the poor, and then everybody that I've done wrong to, I'll pay him back four times whatever I took from him. It's pretty impressive, right? So he, uh, Zacchaeus says this, verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. Uh, Verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Okay, so we know Jesus was hanging out with who? Zacchaeus. All right. Who was mad about it? Who criticized him? Right, right. Uh, The grumblers. Um, How did Jesus respond? Yeah. He said words. Uh, actually, his response there was to what Zacchaeus said. What was his response to the people? No, that was his response to Zacchaeus. What did Jesus say? 
What? I see you mouthing it back there. Nothing. He didn't say anything to the crowd. There are two options at this point. Either Jesus didn't hear him grumbling, or Jesus just chose to ignore it. I guess there's a third option. Luke just didn't record what Jesus did, right? Either way, at this point, his response to the crowd is not important because his focus was on Zacchaeus. Other times, the religious who thought they were mighty, the Pharisees and the scribes, Jesus turned to try and teach them a lesson. At this point, he wasn't going to like turn around and like talk to 300 people. Other times he does that, like thousands of people. But he, he decided this time was about Zacchaeus. So he went and hung out with Zacchaeus. And the end result is Zacchaeus became a believer, repented of his sins, and became a Christian. Isn't that awesome? That's cool. All right. Um, so let's take uh, from here. Uh, you'll see the next little section says overall, and there are three dots there as well. I'm just going to give you these, all right? These are from these three stories and what we've looked at at this point, three major takeaways, kind of the main ideas, right? So the first one, and you can phrase this however you want. I'm just going to say it how I phrase it, right? Jesus hung out with the people that the religious did not like and looked down upon. Jesus hung out with the people that the religious did not like or looked, or excuse me, and looked down on. Give you just another second to write that in your own words or mine if you want. Uh, the second little observation from these stories that I've got here is the religious don't always have it right. The religious don't always have it right. Let me take just a second on this, okay? I'm not saying all religious people are terrible, horrible, bad people, right? Where the Pharisees missed it, because the Pharisees actually had a lot right. If you, if you study the history uh, and you know what the Pharisees and scribes were about, they had a lot right. They did most everything that God had asked them to do. But here's the deal. What God is looking for is not your actions. What God wants is your heart. This, this is not in your notes there. I mean, if you want to write that, you could. But that's not in your notes. So everybody looking up here. For just a second, then we'll move on to the third answer here. What God wants is your heart. Now, once he has your heart and you have that relationship with him, you'll do what he's asked you to do, but the heart has to come first. Make sense? So the Pharisees, their biggest fallacy was not uh, all the things that they did and all the things that they said. It was that their heart wasn't connected with God. They were missing the point of all the things that they did. Now, it led them to... To, to some bad actions, like looking down on these people that they're supposed to be telling about God, right? These sinners that they're like, I don't hang out with sinners, right? These people are the people they're supposed to be hanging out with, like Jesus, right? So when I say the religious don't always have it right, what I mean is don't just trust every person who claims to be a minister or claims to, to love Jesus, right? But also, it's okay to trust some of them, right? Last thing here in this little section
we should hang out with the same kinds of people Jesus did. We should hang out with the same kinds of people Jesus did. Are you sneezing or dabbing up here? <laughs> a little of both? <laughs> right? Uh, anyway, we should hang out with the same kinds of people Jesus did. In the recording later, they're going to be like, what was that? Um, so here's where I need you to really pay attention, okay? Because I don't want your parents mad at me later because you misheard what I said, all right? Because there's, there's a good chance that you only hear part of what I say and you go home and tell, tell your mom and she's going to be like, excuse me? Um, you got to go hang out with tax collectors. Your mom's going to be like, excuse me, what? Uh, no. Um, so we need to hang out with the same kinds of people that Jesus hung out with, which are people who are not Christians, who aren't in relationship with God, who are not believers at all, right? We're supposed to hang out with those people. I know in some scenarios uh, it's a little hard to, like you're homeschooled, and like the only people you hang out all day with is your dog and your mom, and they're both Christians, right? Dogs can't be Christians, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, a, it's a little hard. But even in those scenarios, at, listen, where you guys are, where you guys are in your life at this point, your friend group's starting to expand. Even if you are uh, homeschooled, uh, schooled, I don't know why I said it that way, homeschooled. Yeah, even if you're homeschooled, typically you're going you're gonna to participate in some kind of extracurricular activity. Sports, dance, whatever. Dance is a sport too, I guess. Uh, but all those things, you're going to participate, hopefully are participating in some kind of extracurricular activity where you are hanging out with people who may not go to church, or if they do, they do it for the wrong reasons. They're not really Christians, right? Somewhere along the way in your life, you have an opportunity to be friends with people who are not Christians. Those are the people we need to be hanging out with. Now, you still need, Jesus still hung out with the disciples, right? He still spent significant time with the disciples. And then outside of that, he spent a lot of time telling people about God and this salvation that he brought, right? Those of us in the room who are Christians, we're called to do the same thing, to be telling people about Jesus. So we need to be hanging out with these same kinds of people. So uh, here's where we start getting into this uh, fill-in-the-blank section, right? First one, be a real friend. Be a real friend. And this is what I mean. You probably haven't experienced this yet in your point in life, but I have experienced this. There are some people who are Christians and mean well, and they will... They'll become friends with people as a project. Like, oh, I know that person needs Jesus, so I'm just going to go hang out with them until they choose to be with Jesus and then whatever, right? They see them as a project. Like, oh, not like I'm going to get to know that person and be friends with that person, but they, oh, I need to tell them about Jesus. So that's, it's, do you get what I'm saying? Like, they see them as a project, right? That's not at all what I'm talking about. Now, your intention when hanging out with these people, should be to share about Jesus, but because you care about them. Right? 
those of us in the room who are Christians, when we love Jesus, we love the things that he loves, and he loves what? Everything. Right, no. He loves people. Jesus loves people. It's evident in these stories that Jesus loved people, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't have spent time every day, hours upon hours, talking to people and helping them, right? So be a real friend. Here's where it gets a little uh, potentially scary, okay? I've had friends. And I, I know, right? God, he's had friends? Um, no. So I've, I've had friends. I know, it's real confusing. I know. Uh, so I've had friends, and I've known of people, even pastors, right, who've decided to hang out in places where non-religious people hang out. Right? Bars, different places like that. I'm not going to go on listing places. Public middle schools. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they started hanging out in these places, mostly, I think, with the intent to build relationships and tell people about Jesus. Some cases ended well, and there are others where they, too, ended up falling into the same kind of lifestyles that the people they were trying to minister to, right? I need you guys to focus in. Right, looking up here. So this is not... This is what I'm not telling you to do, okay? Obviously, you can't go hang out in a bar because it's illegal. You're underage. Even so, don't go hang out at a friend's house and party that you know is going to have things there that you shouldn't participate in. Right? And I'm kind of stepping into, like, parent mode, like, don't hang out with those people, right? Um, Chances are, Outside of those times, you will have time to build relationships and interact with these people, right? I don't know if there were bars and pubs and things like that in Jesus' world. I assume there probably were. But you'll never see a story where Jesus was hanging out with sinners in these locations, right? It was always over a meal or it was on like the side of a mountain uh, or something like that, right? So as you... Go about your life as you're doing the things you do, you're at school, uh, you're playing sports, whatever it is you do, you're coming in contact with these people who don't believe in Jesus. But as a Christian, you want them to, right? Because you want them to have the same love and peace uh, and relationship with Jesus that you have. It's in those times that you build those relationships and you tell them about Jesus, right? So once again... So you don't go home and be like, Jesus, uh, JJ said I'm supposed to hang out with really bad people. Uh, and your parents are like, excuse me, what? Um, so you be smart about it, right? That's all I'm saying. Be smart about it. So be a real friend. Uh, and just to, to bring that point home any further, uh, or a little further, when I say be a real friend, I mean get to know them, Right? Your real friends know you, and they know the good and the bad about you, right? One of the things that the Pharisees uh, were guilty of is trying to look perfect and never admit that they had done wrong, right? So as you're hanging out with people and you're building these relationships, be honest with them, right? Just because 
those of us who in the room who are Christians, just because we're Christians and we have a relationship with Jesus doesn't mean we're perfect, right? This means yes. Yep. Looking at you, Garrett. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, me and Garrett are friends. We actually know each other, so I can call him out like that. Uh, anyway. So, should have made that joke. I lost track of where I was going. I, uh, anyway, so be real with people. Be honest with people. That's what I'm talking about here. Uh, so the next thing there, share the good news. And that good news is that Jesus has died and rose again so that we can have a relationship with him and live in heaven with him when we die on this earth, right? So share share the good news. <clears throat> and this is what this looks like, right? There are a lot of times there was this for, for a while. I'm almost done, guys, so stay focused, right? I'm almost done, I promise. Uh, there was a while there was, uh, it, it's still pretty prevalent, I would guess. There was this um, method that people like to use when building relationships to tell people about Jesus is they actually wouldn't say anything about Jesus for like the first few conversations they have with anybody. They would just talk normal day, like life with them, right? And then at some point, they would start changing the conversation to Jesus. I call that the bait and switch, right? You're like, hey, you know, I'm a normal person. No, I believe in Jesus, you know. Um, I think believing in Jesus is a normal thing, but other people don't, right? Uh, so I call this the bait and switch. I think that's a terrible way uh, of doing that because I think from... At, at least within the first two conversations with somebody, they should know that you're a Christian. That's just JJ's rule. That's not like any of this hard, fast, like you'll find it anywhere and kind of thing. That's just, that's my general rule. I think we need to be upfront, honest with people. I believe in Jesus, and I'm going to talk to you about him if you want to keep talking to me. I'll talk about normal stuff, and we can talk about football or whatever you want to talk about. But somewhere in there, I'm going to be talking about Jesus. I'm going to talk about going to church. I'm going to talk about the Bible, right? So people are going to know within the first few conversations with me that I'm a Christian. That's all I'm saying here. Share the good news up front, right? That's what I'm saying. All right, last thing here. If you didn't get anything else out of anything I've said, this last little phrase is this kind of message in a sentence, right? Boil everything down. So we've looked at these three stories, pulled out points. We can just keep getting more and more focused on what we're doing here. Um, boil it down to this. Living like Jesus means building real relationships with real people. And the last little thing there, the reason I specified real people is because just like Jesus saw those people for who they were, we need to do the same. The Pharisees saw them just as bad people, right? Jesus saw them as people who needed something more, as real people where they really are. That's the same way we need to be as we're building these relationships with people. And you see them as real people. So Christians in the room, when you're trying to live like Jesus, that means you, you build real relationships with real people. There are some in the room who aren't Christians, and everything I've talked about tonight, you're like, what are you talking about, bro? Um, we in the room, and hopefully you're probably, you're, you're most likely with a friend, which is great. We want to be real friends with you, and we want you to know the real Jesus. 
right? So if you have questions about that, uh, again, speaking to those in the room, and you know who you are, who aren't uh, a Christian, I'm not calling you out or anything like that. Uh, we want to know you for who you really are and show you who Jesus really is. If you have any questions about that, talk to your friend who brought you, talk to the adult uh, that you're about to be in a group with, or come talk to me. Sound good? Let me pray, and then we'll break into our small groups. Jesus, I thank you uh, for coming and doing ministry and creating a way for us to have a relationship with you, which is you dying on a cross and defeating death. Holy Spirit, as we move into uh, small group time, that you would uh, keep us focused. You would help us to talk about uh, real things uh, that are important uh, and help us to walk away with something that helps us live more like Jesus. Christ, I'm afraid. Amen. All right. Move your small groups. If you're new here, go with your friend. If you don't have a friend, come see me.